1: All right, here we are, Players Lounge on a Monday, the final preseason week. For the Dallas Cowboys, you get this preseason game done. And then it is on to the regular season. Players out watch about Hotels.com. I'm a new Scruggs long time. Cowboys reporter joined by Barry Church, former Dallas Cowboys safety, number 42. And uh, Barry, uh, I don't know where McCray is, but uh, McCray, is he on assignment again? Is he funning? What, what, what What's your boy got going on? What's your old safety Man. running mate got going on?
2: I mean, I'll tell you what, man. He—he, I'll tell you what, he's not on assignment. I'll tell you that right now. He, he's out there jet-setting somewhere. You know, they like to make fun of me for doing a little bit of traveling, but my man mccray that's International McRae right now. So who, who knows where he's at? He's, he's on the beach somewhere soaking in some rays. I'm kind of jealous, but I'll tell you this, Nui. We are one week closer to real live action football, and I can't wait. So I, I'm in a great space. I don't know about you, but I'm in a great space right now. I know McCray is because he's enjoying the Rays somewhere. So let's get it popping, Big Dog.
1: Okay, uh, let, let's go right out of the gate here because I'm, I'm going after you. Okay, I'm a straight up. I'm going after you because oh. uh, you've been all about Garrett Gilbert, the guy you like to call Double G. Uh, Double G's Double last G. stand. Double G's last stand is this weekend, and I'm telling you right now, give me uh, Cooper Rush. Give me Cooper Rush to finish as the backup quarterback because I believe they're only going to keep two. You're going to cut Ben DiNucci. All right. After that, pick three. I mean, I just, I've been saying all along, I, I, I had been sold on DiNucci for a minute as far as making this football team. I think they keep two quarterbacks, obviously, Zach Prescott and one other guy who knows the offense. And right now, you got to give me Cooper Rush. Okay. The statistics right here are on Cooper's side. You look at this now 10 possessions, 66% completion percentage. All right. Uh, a quarterback rating of 102.5, no interceptions, two touchdowns. He was 10-12 for 97 yards with two TDs against Houston. Meanwhile, your boy Double G has got three starts and seven possessions. He's got a quarterback rating of 74.9%, 56% passing completions overall, no touchdowns, no INTs. He was 3-5 of five for 30 yards against the Texans with a fumble. Come on, man. You know Cooper Rush is looking better. Just admit it, your boy, your boy Double G got problems right now. I don't think he's gonna make it. He,
2: here we go again with the with the Double G slander. I mean, it, this this is beyond me right now. First, let me let me point on let me get a point on on Danucci <laughs> right now. Danucci Danucci's out the gate. All right, Danucci that might have been the worst display of quarterbacking, you know, I might have ever seen. In my career as a as a player, and now in this media thing, that that was just downright horrendous. I'm not even sure his Pittsburgh connection with McCarthy can save him for the practice squad. So that's that's Danucci right there. But when we get the double G in this Cooper Rush quote unquote battle, everybody seems to forget Cooper Rush has done. He's a preseason darling. He did the same thing in 2017. He played great in the preseason when he's going against, you know, twos or a sprinkle of ones here and there, but not the whole starting lineup. And we're going, we're, giving, we're basing this off of this Houston game where Houston got all types of shambles going around. New coaching staff, they, they done brought in about 30 new players overall. So I'm not taking, look you know, Houston's defense, what Cooper Rush, Cooper Rush was able to dissect out there, I'm not saying he's going to be able to do that during the regular season. Now, we do have a guy in Garrett Gilbert who's proven that when he goes out there in regular season games, he can make things a competition. I mean, we've seen him go out there and dissect the Pittsburgh Steelers' defense. But when has Cooper Rush ever done that? When has Cooper Rush ever done that? I'm talking about when coaches are making adjustments to what you're doing throughout the game. We've yet to see. This is vanilla defense that Cooper Rush is going against. When teams see, okay, he loves to hit C.D. Lamb on third down. Let me go ahead and get these defensive adjustments to make Cooper Rush go through his progressions. We've yet to see that. He's a preseason darling. And so we're going to say we're gonna sit here and say Cooper Rush is a bona fide backup because he was able to go in one preseason game against a Houston Texans defense that's in shambles? And we're going to say he's ready to be that backup? Are you, are you, are you 100% yes. confident? I'm, I'm, I'm telling You're 100% you I'm confident. Right. That Cooper Cooper Rush, Rush? If, if
1: Dak went down, Cooper Rush can go out there and write this shit.
2: There's you no give, give, way.
1: Give me Cooper There's no Rush. Way, all baby. I know is, you. okay, I was out there at training camp. We saw Dak go down, and you're giving Garrett Gilbert all the opportunities to run with the ones. Here's a dress rehearsal on Saturday against the Houston team that none of us expect to be good. He did not look good. Here comes Cooper Rush in here, and he's moving the football. Cooper Rush was dealing with some injuries a little bit in camp here. But just overall, I'm seeing here and I'm saying, okay, that's the guy who made the team a couple years ago who had some nice preseasons. And maybe he's coming around here healthy. They were talking about it uh, on Talking Cowboys, a previous podcast uh, right here on DallasCowboys.com. I'm just telling you right now, give me Cooper Rush. I've already, Look, you know how I feel, ultimately. The backup quarterback in Cowboys need is not on this roster, Okay. Neither neither of these three guys are are, are the answer for me. But I do believe when cut down day comes, you're only going to keep two. You'll keep Dak Prescott, and then you'll keep a quarterback who knows the system. Because if you bring someone in... Unless it's going to be Brett Hundley or somebody that Mike McCarthy's worked with in the past, is going to be a quarterback who doesn't fully understand the offense. So having somebody that understands the offense is going to be key. So this backup quarterback that they keep, be a rush or Gilbert, is going to be somebody that's going to be around here for a minute, in my opinion. But I'm just telling you, I think your boy Double G is done. Okay, so, so I want so to see Cooper Rush. I want to see Cooper Rush with the first team. you Well. They ain't gonna have a first team unit because McCarthy would say he playing the
2: starters against. Ain't, ain't gonna be no salt. So, so, ain't gonna so be so no starters. So,
1: <laughs> so if that's it, you go ahead, and give me Cooper Rush. If this is all we're gonna get, okay, then give me Cooper Rush right now. How about that? So you're He's saying? Served so, you're, before.
2: so you're telling me? So next week don't even matter. This Sunday, this Sunday matchup against Jacksonville
1: doesn't even matter. It's already Cooper Rush's. Is that what you're saying, Nui? <sighs> He'll throw him out there. And he's gonna you know, they're both gonna have to deal with some backup players, but I- I'm I'm telling you right now, I saw enough from Cooper Rush that tells me yes, I'll go with Cooper Rush here at this wow. point. And and Barry, you he's already served in this role before. Granted he didn't play, but he at least he knows his play. role and he knows how to do this. <laughs>
2: He's never played in the regular season. Like I need to see what he can do when the when these coaches are putting adjustments on him, and he has to go through these progressions. He's running for his life out there. I don't. I'm not saying Cooper Rush is a downright. T- he's nowhere near as bad as Denucci. I'm just saying on talent alone, I think Gilbert has more upside. That when we get into the live bullets, when coaches are making adjustments, when he has to scramble around, go through his progressions, Ooh. buy time in the pocket. I'm not thinking that Cooper Rush can do that. I mean, I think he's a preseason darling. And that's where he makes his,
1: his that's where he makes his bones at. People are like, "Oh man, did you see how efficient he was?" No, he was going no, no, against the no. Houston Texans. No, first off, he was never a preseason darling. He was just a guy. I mean, was there ever a jag walking around with Cooper Rush being just a guy. I mean, you want to see the darling? You watch Hard Knocks. You think Ben DiNucci was really good? Okay, that's well, that's how Hard Knocks is fun. That thing, you thinking this guy's like a decent quarterback, and he's terrible. So um, terrible. He, Cooper, Cooper's no darling at all. But I'm just saying right now. I, I believe in it and um, I I just think it's it's gonna be all good by the way uh, shout out to the album mater. got got my Pembroke baseball hat on here we we were inspired by by the, the Pirates of Pittsburgh as we got our our hat here, Coach Paul O'Neill. appreciate that. My man Dick Chrissy, the AD over there. we get ready for our first football game. We're facing the Winston-Salem State Rams at Stephen A. Smith's Album Modern Football September 4th. We're going to lay it on them one more time here. So so we're in the uh, oh, Pembroke Pride today, baby. When, I, thought, I thought Winston-Salem was pretty good at football, or that was in the past. Hey, man. You know, they've come down. They, you know, they've taken us on before. We've given them that work before, so we've already beaten them before. All so right. it's been a good rivalry through the years. So, um, you know, two, two North Carolina schools. <laughs> Uh, getting after it, here the D2 level, so so I'm all about that, all about that. Um, All right, Right. so you and I are differing here on the backup quarterback situation, but can we both agree the backup quarterback the Cowboys need is not on this roster? Yeah, the need, something that,
2: because if that goes down, like I love my boy Gilbert, but I just haven't seen enough after that Steelers Dang. game to be like, he's going to take us the way. I mean, he might win us a couple games, but we'll be in the same situation we were in last year if Dak were to ever go down. Let me ask you Correct. a question, though, Nui. Let me ask you a question, though. I was watching that Chargers game last night, and the young boy, Easton, Easton Stick, I think his name is, the one that's backing up um, Herbert right now, if they release Chase Daniel, who is like battling for that backup spot with Stick, do you see him as an option here for the Dallas Cowboys? Oof. Oof. Because they, they they like stick out there. And he, and he looked like he was playing pretty well in that Chargers offense. So if they don't keep Chase yeah. Daniel, I mean, he's a career backup. That's what he does. Do right, you man. think that's an hey. option for the boys?
1: S- South Lake Carroll's <laughs> own Chase Daniel, by the way. South this Lake is true. We might,
2: we might uh, get a discount like Andy Dalton. You know, coming back home to Texas. What do you? your well, that's
1: on to that me. one. Parcells used to have a great line and when he called guys Jags, just a guy. So you ask about a guy like Chase Daniels, a so Parcells means that he's just a jag. Well, Bill, what does that mean? He's just a guy. I can find I could find three more guys like that. So if you bring in Chase Daniel, is he this much better than the guys you have here? And he doesn't know the system. That's true. He does He has he is been here true. with Campbell. So that that that's that's the question. So I'm thinking, if I'm going to bring in a quarterback, um, I'd like to think you're bringing in someone who's okay. I'll give you a guy. Go, let's go to Pittsburgh. That Josh Dobbs. We saw a little bit of Josh Dobbs at the Hall of Fame game. There's a guy that yeah. to me is intriguing because I'm thinking about who's a backup quarterback that you can put in the system and have them grow over a couple of years. Uh, some of our older cowboy fans can remember back in the day when matt moore was trying to make this club and he had some nice preseason games and they tried to cut him and slide him through and he got gobbled up and matt moore went on to have a really nice nfl career and uh really? i think i was positive he was on that kansas city team that won a super bowl uh with mahomes yeah I know he was on what and so i want to say so, he was the
2: backup yeah
1: yeah, yeah, he was a backup. I know he was on one of those Kansas City teams that, that went to the Super Bowl, but I think he was on the team that won. It. But just I, that's what I – to me, that's what your hope is. If you can bring in a backup and, 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 and groom the guy. And Josh Dobbs is a kid who I thought through the years – has had that kind of ability. They just got a lot of quarterbacks there. Obviously, you got a starter in Ben Roethlisberger who's going to be the guy. you got Mason Rudolph back there. Um, they picked up Dwayne Haskins, a former uh, first-round pick in Washington. So that leaves a guy like Josh Dobbs. I mean, they're not going to keep four quarterbacks. Okay? Pittsburgh's no, not no. going to do it. You know, they may try to slide uh one of the guys on the on the 16-man practice squad, but if I'm the Cowboys and I see a guy like Dobbs out there, to me, that's where I would like to go if I'm, if I'm a general manager who's a young guy with some athletic ability whose who's game mirrors Dak Prescott that I could eventually work with and get him up to where I want him to be. They tried to do that in Green Bay with a Brett Huntley. Didn't really work out. And when Brett got his chance out there, he just he just couldn't handle it. And Mike McCarthy brought him in, and so you know, I, they didn't sign him. But that's to me that's what I'm thinking of a guy that's going to be released. And I say, okay, where's a possible upgrade? That's the kind of player that I'm thinking of. That's a, that's just one quarterback and look, you know, that's, other people may have guys they like, but I'm just thinking of, that's one that's just one player and one team. And I watch, i was like, man, they got four dudes. Oh, those four guys ain't gonna make it. Is there a guy out here that I could bring in? I'll tell you this. I damn sure rather have Josh Dobbs on my practice squad than Ben DiNucci. No, without a doubt. <laughs> without a <laughs> doubt, man. You know, uh, I don't believe DiNucci alone. I ain't
2: going to keep piling on him. But, I, you know, I love the the fact. You, does he, I don't even know if Dobbs still has any practice squad eligibility. But if he could, he, he I would definitely too, stash him. Though. Oh, that is true. It's a, ten plus,
1: it's a 10 plus 6 squad. Apparently. 10 plus 6. So, yeah, so you can get him on there.
2: Yeah, I mean, I could definitely see that because, like you said, I mean, whoever wins this double G or Cooper Rush, whoever wins this quote unquote quarterback battle for the backup spot, I think that I tend to agree with you on this one. I just don't think they got what it takes to if anything catastrophic were to happen and they had to step in and they were our quarterback for the rest of the season. I just feel like we would be in the same spot. And it's just interesting that we didn't address this position. In the off season, when we have plenty of time to snag up a Dwayne Haskins or, a, or you know, or get a, get somebody else like that that can be a, a legit backup, because now, man, we're heading into the season and we're in a predicament, man. Because let's just say some, you know, God forbid, but some crazy happens to that throwing shoulder of Dak Prescott, and we got throw a couple of these dudes in, we're, we're in trouble. We're in trouble, man. So we'll see, man. We'll see. But I don't think this quarterback is on our roster as we speak right now.
1: Okay. But Mike McCarthy, the head coach, has said it's not over. So a position battle that many of us thought that was going to go Garrett Gilbert's way is now open. Cooper Rush has entered into that after the 20-14 loss. The Cowboys suffered to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Newey Scruggs, it's Barry Church, Players Lounge. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. Now, let me go to another topic here that we, we, we talked about okay. a little bit here. And we saw we got to see a little bit more because this was the dress rehearsal game. All right, the final preseason game against Jacksonville, Mike McCarthy, the head coach, has come out and told you, look, it's going to be a game for the younger guys, guys trying to make the team, guys on the bubble. They're not going to run out the Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliotts and Tank Lawrences. These starters are not playing in this game. So what we saw, the Cowboys come out, against Houston and their linebackers nickel package, okay? So just two mm. linebackers out there. That was Micah Parsons, the rookie they drafted, 12th overall out of Penn State, and Keanu Neal, the converted line, uh, safety, who's now the, a linebacker, who played for Dan Quinn on that Super Bowl team. Those are the two guys that were out there, not Jalen Smith, not Leighton Van Der Esch. They're getting ready to face mm. an incredible Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense to start the season a nickel package to start would be very smart because they got a lot of weapons on that football team that Tom Brady's got uh, access to. And so your thoughts on Parsons and Keon O'Neal out there as a nickel to start the game.
2: Look, I'm not going to lie to you, Nui. I love it. I love the situation we got at linebacker. I think we got great depth and I think these coaches got the right two guys out there in this nickel package. Now, is Keanu Neal gonna be your every-down linebacker against the run? I, I'm not so sure. Right now, he's 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 you know he's he's progressing in the right way. Pro Football Focus has him rated as one of the top linebackers in the National Football League through the preseason. Um, he's been able to play the run a hell of a lot better than I thought he would transitioning from safety to linebacker. Okay. But overall, I think this is a this is a great thing for the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, you got two linebackers who can play in space very well and that is what this league is going to so basically your nickel linebackers they're going to be your starters because i mean at least 70 percent of offenses in the national football league that's their main offense 11 personnel one tight end one back right. three receivers they they love to spread people out and what happened last year to us especially our linebacking core is we got exposed we got exposed against the interior as far as um, pass concepts and routes coming out of the backfield, we got exposed because our linebackers were not solid in coverage and teams were picking us apart with that. And Tom Brady is one of the masterminds of Dinkin and Duncan looking at matchups and express or exposing those matchups. So when you got a Parsons and Keanu Neal, I think the only thing that might worry you as a as a as a defense is how are they going to hold up against the run? We've seen Parsons. He's able to do it without a doubt. He's throwing linemen all over the place. He's up. He's popping off your screen. This guy is a bona fide star at linebacker. Can Keanu Neal do that same thing? I'm not so sure but we'll find out but coverage wise I think we are set at with those two at the nickel linebacker position one thing that's kind of bothering me though about that is the rotation because if you looked at it those were our two linebackers in nickel and then when base came in which is 12 or 21 personnel which is a heavy run personnel for offenses here comes in Vander Esch and Jalen Smith and as the game progresses one, it's, it's going to be extremely hard to disguise that, you know, oh, they're coming in, they must think we're going to run the ball. That's going to be hard to disguise that rotation. And two, how are your linebackers going to get acclimated to the game? How are they going to get in a rhythm? How are they going to see how this offense is playing calling? They like to do this on third down, like to do this on first and second down. It's going to be hard for that... Because it's not the defensive line. Defensive line, you got to have a rotation. Those are big guys banging every single play. But as linebackers, you kind of got to get used to the play. you got to get your rhythm going, just like in the secondary. And it's going to be extremely hard if that's the rotation. I doubt it will be. They have to have two set linebackers. I doubt they'll be coming in and out for base and nickel. But if they do go that route with that rotation, it's going to be extremely hard for these linebackers to get a rhythm and be effective in uh, every down situation during the, uh, during the regular season.
1: So – this sounds like a trust factor with the defensive coordinator Dan Quinn that you know at this point in time I hear what you're saying and I'm just I'm just going to come out and say this is where you got to trust him you got to trust that Dan Quinn knows what he's doing that he's got a plan and a strategy and that he'll be able to implement it but you know this facing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers Chris Godwin, Mike Evans Antonio Brown, Rob Gronkowski OJ Howard um, those five targets plus the ability of giovanni bernard to come out of the backfield and i want to make sure fans start to think about this okay he's he was in cincinnati for a number of years and giovanni bernard is if you go back and think about what tom brady enjoyed when he was in tamp uh, in new england before he went to tampa bay a guy like james white he's that yeah. kind of player um the Falk kid, Kevin Falk, coming out of the backfield, who was on a championship team. I think that's what they're going to do with the Giovanni Bernard, and I think that he's going to have a a, a big impact. For Tampa Bay in that first game, I'm telling you right now, if I'm Bruce Arians and I'm Tom Brady, I'm trying to figure out, hey, let me get some of these linebackers in space and let me see what I can do. Hey, Keanu Neal, what can you do up against the Giovanni Bernard, Jalen Smith, Lake Vaneresh? What can you do with these with this guy coming out of the backfield with those weapons? I'm telling you, man, this is this is going to be a very interesting chess chess match. This first game coming around, and right now, I just got to say, okay, let me just trust Dan Quinn and let's see what he see if he's going to be able to have a plan out there because I just think it's going to be a fun matchup to see how, what Brady does against these linebackers
2: oh it's going to be an amazing chess match and if you look at it what does Brady do well once he sees a defense that he likes that he can attack he will keep that hurry up he will keep that gas on the pedal to where you can't sub out linebackers in and out so let's just say they catch Jalen Smith and LBE in a base they had the receiving options with a with a grad with a Greg kowski with the oj howard with the giovanni bernard with a Fournette coming out ronald jones coming out of the backfield so they can they can hurry that up and still be effective in the pass game and they can make our linebackers jalen smith and lve if they are the linebackers coming in that base they can expose those guys and tom brady is a master trust me he is a master of catching defenses and not letting you sub guys in and out he will keep the gas on the pedal and it, it's going to be hard if that's the case but they have to find two linebackers that they feel can play nickel and base because I'm telling you, it's going to be extremely hard to get in a rhythm, and it's going to be extremely hard to disguise. I mean, you're going against Tom Brady, who's seen pretty much every defense there is. When you got those guys out there, he's going to be like, "Oh, okay, this is what it is. All right, let me go ahead and pick this apart," and he's going to keep that put on the gas pedal, and it's going to be hard for this defense. Not only to mention, we our interior rush right now. No, I don't know. With the absence of Neville Gallimore, we got to have guys like Brent Urban, Bohanna, you know, Osa. Those guys need to step up because what bothers Brady the most is that interior pressure. When he gets that interior pressure, he kind of gets off rock. And right now, only pressure I see is coming off the edges with D-Law and Randy Gregory. And Tom Brady, he's going to be able to step up and tear us apart. So for me, we we got to find a solid two linebackers and we got to get some guys to step up. In the, in the interior part of the defensive line, if we're going to have a chance against Brady and these Bucks,
1: you know, next time we get an opportunity to talk to uh, Dan Quinn, at least game week, game week, I'm going to ask him how personal is this. How personal is this? Because you know, <laughs> number, number twelve is the reason why you don't have your own Super Bowl ring. You know, I mean, you know, so I'll dive into that a little later on. Um, let's hit a break here. Barry's got a movie review for us, and I saw a player get a little bit of action. And it made me feel good. I was very happy to see this player. Let's dive into this and more on the Players' Lounge, Nui Scruggs, Barry Church, right here on DallasCowboys.com Radio.
0: Honey, big news. Gary, are you okay? Oh, I'm not Gary anymore. I'm Jackie Flash. What? See, I want the latest smartphone, but the best deals are only for new customers. So to get a new customer deal, I changed my name to Jackie Flash. Okay, but the best smartphone deals at AT&T are for everyone, new and existing customers. where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. If you can't find it, talk to your store manager and tell them, Yokiero, Yokiero, guacamole. It's game day. You know what that means. First, kebab prep. Steak, pepper, onion, steak, pepper, onion. Next, a counterclockwise lap around the room. Now, the lucky grease-stained jersey goes on. And lastly, the dance. You know the one. This is a game day ritual no matter where you are. Whether you're traveling to the game or watching from your favorite vacation spot, Book a place to stay on Hotels.com and keep the tradition alive and well. Hotels.com, proud partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Back. Back to the Players' Lounge.
1: Day, Dallas Cowboys training camp, presented by American Airlines, is back at the Star in Frisco. Watch Cowboys practice this Friday, August 27th, and Saturday, August 28th, inside the Ford Center at the Star. All right, Barry Church, Newie Scruggs, back with you. Our other running buddy, Danny McRae, is uh, chilling uh, in, in what would you say, uh, out of country? I think, you think vacation, it. Yeah, yeah, getting yeah, it yeah.
2: on in? International McRae, man, international McRae. Well, I'm living through him, man. Maybe, maybe one day, man. Maybe one day I'll be like him. Maybe.
1: Well, I mean, look, I, I kind of see it this way. You, 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 you got to get it in while you can, because once the season starts, man, you're locked on in here. So, you know, locked we're, we're in. That's true. Take that true. last, that last, that last bite. Go ahead, take that last bite, man. And go ahead and uh, get, get, get it on in here. So, um, this is true. You, you, uh, you have a movie review. So you went and uh, saw Paw Patrol. You and Chris Beam, our producer, went and saw Paw Patrol. Give me, give, me a, give me a breakdown of this, because I'm going to probably end up taking my goddaughter and my youngest to go see this.
2: I'm telling you, Paw Patrol is an extremely solid movie. I mean, for all ages, you know, I, I, I got my kids watching it, and it was great. I mean, it shows you life lessons. And, I mean, great graphics out there. I mean, and if you do watch the Paw Patrol regular television show like my son does all the time, uh, they get really into it. So I, like it's like man, they're on the edge of their seats. Oh, what's gonna happen with Chase? What's gonna happen with Marshall? Oh, Ryder, he's the leader. Like it's it's amazing uh, for the kids. It's a great experience. And if you do have um, any little ones that you know, are into that Paw Patrol stuff, you gotta go take them to see it. I mean, they'll be on the edge of their seats. They'll probably ask to re- re-watch it tons and tons of times. We went and watched it on uh, Paramount Plus, the little streaming service, they had it on there. So we're at the house watching it. And of course he watches it, re-watches it at least three or four times a day. So yep. if you have the little ones, go see Paw Patrol. It's an amazing experience. It's a, it's a cool flick, man, extremely solid flick.
1: Here's the thing that, uh I, I try to tell people, and this is also the genius of the folks who write these movies, because they're very good, because you've got to write a movie for young kids, but at the same time, they have to write dialogue that you, Barry Church and Chris Beamer, our producer, that you guys can sit there and watch and be entertained as well. It's one of the great things about Shrek, how Shrek is written in a way that, when they talk about, hey, he must have short man's disease, you get it, yeah. the your kids don't get it. <laughs> your kids don't get it. They just think, oh, Prince is just a little short guy. But that's the beauty of it. And then the other thing, that comedian Roy White hit—I um, was at a workshop he was at, and he's trying to get into writing uh, cartoons. He says there are the, what makes Paw Patrol work is they're solving problems on a consistent yeah. basis. And during the, the television show, I think he said they had to solve a problem every six minutes. There's a different problem. So you're constantly, you know, there's, there's a whole sequence of how they write these things to keep the attention of kids and why these it's become addictive because they know how to get these kids thinking. And they think like kids, but at the same time, they have to write it and entertain it for adults as well. So I just think there's a genius in that. Yeah, it's, it's genius. And it, like you said, it,
2: it talked about problem solving. And, and that's what, you know, we have to get my son to do right now. He's five years old. And it's always, you know, mommy, daddy, you know, help me with this. Help me with that. Mommy, daddy. And then I always tell them, like, look, look at the Paw Patrol. What does Chase? What does Marshall do? Do they do they run over the rider at every every single thing that happens? No, they, they go and they solve that solution by themselves. So it's definitely some life lessons in there, as well as some a little bit of a adult humor. But like I said, it's an extremely solid flick, and, and it's a must for families to go check out.
1: Chase is on the case, no doubt about yeah. it. <laughs> uh, speaking Without of being. Being on the case, we saw number 19, Amari Cooper, play against Jacksonville. Um, He wasn't registered with a target. They gave him an end around, and The turf monster got him. He got out there and he played. And one thing that I got from Cooper afterwards, he said, quote, it was my third time at pads since January. Not rust. I needed to get that feel of competing before it actually matters. So he just wanted to get himself out there. And... I had some guys in the fantasy football draft. They were passing on Cooper. They weren't sold. A lot of people were thinking, hey, CeeDee Lamb is going to be the number one guy right now. Amari Cooper at training camp said he plans on having the best year of his football career. We'll see. But I know this. Dak Prescott likes Amari Cooper. So people can say whatever they want to. There's a comfort between Dak Prescott and Amari Cooper, I remember when they made the trade from uh, with the Raiders to get him. They were a three and five football team. They end up making uh, making a playoffs because of him. I, I'm just a big fan of Amari Cooper as a receiver and as a positive guy in that Cowboy locker
2: room. Without a doubt. I mean, and let's not forget. I mean, look, you know, C. D. Lamb. He's getting a lot of hype right now, and deservedly so. I mean, I think he's poised to to make that year or two jump. You know, he's been spectacular in camp. But let's not forget about Amari Cooper now. I mean, look, this is a guy, five out of the last six seasons, he's gone over 1,000 yards, all right? I mean, this is a guy who, he great hands, one of the best route runners in the National Football League. And look... He's been out for a while with an injury, but he's fresh. If we saw him out there, you know, during that, that blue and white scrimmage as he's running routes just kind of going along, he is fresh. It looks to me like he has that spring in his step. He hasn't gone through the rigors of training camp. So will he come out game one, he might be a little rusty as far as the route running concerns, but this guy is going to be fresh, I think. And I think he's poised to have another big season. I mean, he hears all the talk about, you know, oh, he this is now C.D. Lamb's team. He's the new number one, all this, that, and the third. But let's not forget about Cooper. You know, I think he's going to be a definitely at least poised to have another thousand yard season, if not one of his better seasons going into this year. Like you said, when they traded for him those a those, uh, couple of years ago, this, this, the, the franchise it was over with. The season was done for, I think. And he came in and he turned that whole thing around. Kind of helped put Dak on the map as a as an elite quarterback out there. And I think that will remember that, you know, remember that connection that they have. And I think they have a solid one. And, you know, C.D. Lamb, he's going to be, you know, a great receiver as well. But I think that connection between him and Cooper, when it comes down to must-have, third down and 10, I must get this, fourth down, I must get this, I still think his first option will be Amari Cooper.
1: Look, they, they've got two guys who, who can perform at a high level, in Cooper and in C.D. Lamb. And, uh, I, I'm a fan of both players. the The receiver room is going to be tight, so this Jacksonville game coming up here is going to be very interesting. Because in my opinion, uh, I think there are five spots that are taken. You got Cooper, yeah, Lamb, Gallup. Then you got Noah Brown, Cedric Wilson. That's five. And yes. I know KP watching out uh, out there, and, and Utah's a big, big, big Semifajoko fan. Simi had three penalties, two of them came on special teams. He's battling with Malik Turner for that, uh, in my opinion, that sixth and possible final wide receiver spot. Trying to figure out who makes this team. That's what this Jacksonville game's gonna be about. man.
2: Without a doubt, it's gonna be about who makes the team. And when you're talking about the, that last spot, that sixth wide receiver spot, you're right. I think you got two people battling for it, Malik Turner and, and Semi Fahoku. And it's going to come down to special teams. You know, right now, I would have given the leg up to Malik Turner, and I feel like he would have earned that, that leg up because he's a dog on special teams. And if you look at it, he was the starting personal protector on that punt team. Now, if you look at that and if you played the game, you know special teams coordinators, they, that, that personal protector spot on that punt, that's their most trusted guy. If you can hit that, that was Jeff Heath. That was Danny McCray. They were the most trusted special teamers, so they got to run that punt operation at personal protector. Now, unfortunately, you know, Malik Turner suffered that injury and kind of opened the door a little bit for Semifahoku to slide in there, but he has to take advantage of it, and he has to make his bones on special teams. I mean, I understand you get a couple catches here and there on offense, but if he really wants that six wide receiver spot, if he really wants a spot on this team, period, without having to go to practice squad – He's going to have to make those bones on teams, and this is a huge game for him. This Jacksonville game is going to be a huge game. And if I'm him, if I'm in for Hoku's shoes, I'm focusing solely on teams, making sure I do whatever it takes, no mental errors, no mistakes on special teams. I've got to go 100% hair on fire on that special teams because right now I still believe Malik Turner has a slight advantage because Bones Fossil, who we know has a lot of power and a lot of say-so in that coach's room, feels that malik turner is one of those core guys so to me for hoku he has his last chance here in with this jacksonville game he has to go all out on special teams in order to in my opinion in order to secure that six wide receiver spot
1: all right kp with another uh cowboy question here what about bradley and i from utah saw him make a nice tackle in the football game. Um, really didn't get to see a whole lot of him last year. What are you thinking so far? Here's another you know, player that against Jacksonville this weekend needs to come up, in my opinion, and just solidify their spot on the roster. But you can't have enough D-linemen, in my opinion.
2: Yeah, you, that's, that's, there's two things on defense that you can't have enough of. One, that's that's the, they got to have enough pass rushers. You got to have enough guys that can get after the quarterback. Until you got to have enough guys to cover the back there. So those are always two units that will get a lot of people in there. I'm talking about corner position. You got to go heavy on corner because you can never have enough guys that cover. And you got to go heavy on the D line just because they rotate so much and you can never have enough pass rushers. Now, what a nine needs to do, in my opinion. He has to have one of not only, you know, ball out on teams, but he has to have one of those Dorrance Armstrong, Arizona type games where he's coming off. He's popping off your screen. You see him flying, getting pass rush moves. And we saw a little bit of that from him in Arizona. But I needed to tick up a little bit more. If he's able to do that, I think he'll solidify his spot on this defensive line as a rotational player and as a core special teamer.
1: What about uh, fullback Nick Ralston here? Sammy? Um, I should say, Shea Alana Lua. they put him on injured reserve. For, he's gone for the year. So right now he's looking like a fullback, but do you think they'll keep him and then just put him on the practice squad? And I mean, how do, you, how do you see a guy like Nick Rawson when you're trying to get this 53 man roster cut down?
2: I just don't know if they'll keep a fullback. You know, they might, depending on how bad um, the tight end from Michigan, I forget his last name, McEwen, I think it is. Sean I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure how bad he's his ankle sprain is. Yeah, he's gonna make the team, and I'm not sure how bad his ankle sprain is. But I would picture them being able to kind of move him back into that kind of fullback role, that blocking tight end, fullback role. I don't know if they'll have room to keep a strictly a guy that's strictly a fullback. You know, I haven't seen too much of him. You know, out in routes catching the ball. I haven't seen a lot of him on special teams. So. That's another guy that I'm just not sure his skill set matches what the Cowboys want to do, and if he'll be able to make a 53-man roster. I'm not sure they will keep him on practice squad or not, but I, I'm not so sure he'll be able to make this team.
1: All right, let me piggyback off that. You're talking about McEwen. So you, you're gonna have you're gonna keep the three tight ends and Jarwin, Schultz, and McCune. Here comes a question where I think, just based on what you said, you cut a guy like Nick Ralston and try and get him back. Because I think you got to keep Sprinkle now. You got to keep your fourth tight end. He's also playing a bunch of specials, so yeah, you got to keep a guy like. To me, I'm thinking just in roster composition, I'm keeping a guy like Sprinkle, and I'll cut a guy like Ralston because you know there's some teams that don't even use a fullback. I got a better shot at keeping you know getting Ralston in my practice squad than if I cut Sprinkle and he goes someplace. and, yeah, and that's I'm talking thing, about but- Bones. Oh, Bones yeah. will probably want to sprinkle. Bones will probably want to sprinkle on his team.
2: Yeah, well, you, you can never have enough long tight end type bodies out there, especially on your punt team blocking for you or your kickoff return team. You know, special teams coordinators love those big body guys who can run a little bit, who aren't afraid to put their nose in there. And that's what I think Sprinkle can provide um, overall, though sprinkle he's, he's gonna have to put some more uh some more bricks in his pocket because he was out there getting blown by when it's when it came back when they're talking about blocking assignments so i think he's gonna have to get a little bit better as well in the special teams In i don't think he's a lock by any certain or any stretch of the imagination to make the roster but I think he has a better advantage than that fullback to get on this 53-man roster, strictly because special teams coordinators, they love the long wickets. They love the long arms. They love what tight ends are able to do on teams, not afraid to stick their head in the game, bigger body guys. So I think he has a better opportunity to make it a team than our fullback friend.
1: And, and so, and I bring up Sprinkle because McCune, that was one of those things that you guys kept talking about special teams. So I was watching him. He was on, McCune was on all the special teams at training camp. Yeah. So he gets hurt. I mean, Sprinkle's got to get up in there. So not knowing uh, how, you know, how far he is away from, you know, getting out there and, you know, to, to playing and playing at, at the level you want. That's why I say maybe a Sprinkle's out there because you, with Jarwin coming off the ACL, you don't want him on specials. And then you got Schultz yeah, yeah, you do <laughs> Right, Schultz has been battling injury too. It came so you, you, you've got to keep, at this point in time injuries are going to force you to keep the four tight end. So then you probably lose the fullback right there as you're trying to get that number down. By the way, the Cowboys need to make five cuts. They got to get from 85 down to 80. Let's take one more break here. All right, we've got more. You know, this is the whole sheet, man. I got the whole sheet full of stuff here that we rarely get to all of it here. Uh, there was one player who, in my opinion, when I was watching training camp in Oxnard. This player was not looking good, especially on the third teams. But you put this guy in games, and we're seeing some things happen. I'll tell you exactly who that player is next, right here on the Players Lounge, brought to you by Hotels.com on DallasCowboys.com radio. Back. To the Players Lounge. Hey, get breakdowns in each position, battles to watch, scouting reports for every player and more with the official 2021 Dallas Cowboys Star Magazine Training Camp Preview. Get your digital copy today for only $4.95 at dallascowboys.com slash star. You're in the Players' Lounge brought to you by hotels.com. I'm Newy Scruggs, a longtime Cowboys reporter, joined by former Dallas Cowboys safety Barry Church. Danny McCrae is uh, on assignment on the beach, hanging out, <laughs> doing this thing. So, hey, man, hey man, man go ahead, get it in while you can. But, uh, you know, I think uh, I think my man Danny's got, uh, you know, when we talk about just attendance. <laughs> if it was high school, yeah, you we'd know, yeah. have to repeat. Danny would be repeating the grade for high school attendance. Oh, man. I'm
2: telling you. Yeah, he, he was on me about missing them days. Now, now all of a sudden, my boy out here doing, who, who knows? So, hey, you're going to hear he, about he it from me. retired
1: trophy he retired the trophy, man. He retired the trophy. So, uh, by the way, speaking of trophies, I had to give up my fantasy football trophy. I finally gave it up. Oh, had my, had my draft, Church. Had my draft, and I was sitting there, and the choice was really between C.D. Lamb and Jordan and, and, and Justin Jefferson of the Vikings, man. It was it was right there. I was Ooh. looking at both guys. Like,
2: I hope you chose C.D. I went
1: with. Jefferson. Oh no! <laughs> I did. You trusted
2: Kirk Cousins to get him the ball, huh? Oh.
1: Hey, hey, look. Now this this is what I have to tell people all the time, and I will defend Kirk Cousins from this standpoint. I won a fantasy football championship with Kirk Cousins, and because it's fantasy football, you just need this guy to throw a lot. Don't look for winning football. It's fantasy football. One of the absolute worst fantasy plays ever. Would be Troy Aikman back in the day. I mean, the most Troy ever oh, been yes. for it, it, it was 23 touchdowns in a season. Troy was not a fantasy guy, but this dude was absolutely fantastic when it came to winning football games. Nobody won more in the 90s, more games in the 90s than Troy. Aikman. But when you talk about fantasy football, you need numbers, you need stats. Kirk Cousins can give you that. I mean, he's a great garbage time guy. I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick is another one of these guys where you look at me like well, I don't want to take this guy on my fantasy team, but you look up here, this guy is going to put up numbers for you. So he will. So so from that standpoint, I mean, look at look at the year Jefferson had last year and Thielen was hurt a bunch of it. But this guy got targeted a whole lot. The issue with CD and one reason why I didn't go with him versus uh, versus Jefferson is if Cooper's healthy, he's got that trust of Dak Prescott. And, And and if I mean, how many miles do you feed around there? With, with, with the Cowboys versus we know what they Minnesota's got three options give it to Dalvin Cook <laughs> give it to Jefferson <laughs> give it to Thielen that's it and Thielen's been hurt a lot the last couple of years so I feel pretty good about Jefferson so that was why I did it was I kind of have more of a known factor versus an unknown factor and a potential so uh, and then I thought I could snake around and maybe get Ceedee Lamb but somebody already got him I thought yeah I'll, I tried, <laughs> tried, to, tried to get uh, the bite of the apple but that's where I went with that.
2: I can see why because you know that 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 Vikings defense is getting really old right now. It's getting old, and you know I don't know how good they're going to stand up. So I can see Kirk Cousins having a lot of garbage time, you know, yards and points, and he might be targeting Jefferson on that one. But the only different, only only you know, con to that is Jefferson's their main guy, so he's going to get a lot of attention from the defense, and he might get a, might get a lot of double coverages. So if Dalvin Cook ain't spinning. It's going to be tough for, uh, for uh, Jefferson to get open on the double coverages. But like you said, it's going to be a lot of garbage time for, for Kirk Cousins out there. So he might be able to uh, provide dividends for you.
1: I think Mike Zimmer, former Dallas Cowboys defensive coordinator, uh, now head coach of Minnesota, I think Zimmer's defense will get, get fixed this year. Oh, oh, by the way, Everson Griffin is going back to the Vikings. How about that? No, I saw that. Last year. <laughs> so he's, he's back home, which, which you know what, man? And Barry, you played this game. Sometimes you got a comfort at a place, and you know what they do, and they know you. And obviously money, you know, money gets dictated, and money can get in the way of things, and clearly that's what happened with Griffin. He thought he was worth this, they didn't think he was worth that. But at the end of the day, guess what? Um, there's a fit, and so he went on back. Like McCray, he left, came on back. You know, sometimes you just know there's a fit and a comfort in, in, in the people that know how to use you.
2: Without a doubt. And, and I tell all the, the young free agents and guys out there, it's not always greener on the other side. You know, they, the team might, you know, be offering you more money than the team you're with now and and all that situation. But if that team doesn't really know how to use you and they don't get the most out of you, you might be getting a paycheck. But is it worth being miserable at, you know, at 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 that new organization, you know, the whole season long and, and then becoming a the shell of yourself as a player? I'm not so sure it's worth it. So all those young guys, make sure you do your homework before you go in and, and just pick up that check and, and uh, switch organizations like that because it's not always greener on the other side.
1: One name I want to bring up here who, who had another good preseason game, but I thought had a – it was an interesting training camp and he didn't show up a whole lot of camp. That's Jabril Cox, kid they took okay. out of uh, LSU in the fourth round of the linebacker. He was running a lot of third team, didn't see him a whole lot, but – in the games, you know, shoot, last game he ended up tied for the team lead in tackles against Houston, and then the game before that, he had eight tackles against Arizona. So he's just – in church, you, you know this, there's some guys who are just – they're gamers, and this, to me, seems what Jabril Cox is. He's just a gamer, and maybe he was just getting used to the deep. I don't know. I haven't had a chance to talk to him, but clearly they put him on the football field. He knows how to go find the football and make plays, and, and I – for me, I know I was. I looked at that. I was like, whew, "Okay, okay, he, he'll he'll be okay. He'll be all right."
2: Yeah, look, man. There's plenty of examples of guys who are pure gamers. I mean, I've seen guys like Double G, for example, who stinks it no. up in practice. Oh. Stinks it up, and it comes oh. to the Steeler oh, game, and he's it. out there throwing dimes. I mean, there's <laughs> there's plenty of guys out there who. Who just practice, Come they on, just, man. you know, I, I don't know whether it is, whether they have brain farts or they go in and out, whatever it is, practice just not their thing. But when those lights get on and they get bright, they the the player comes out of them. And that's Jabril Cox. I mean, we've seen it now for these first two preseason games, well, first three preseason games now, to where we were hearing reports out of camp, but well, he's not having the best camp. He looks sluggish out there, he's not really picking up the defense. And then those lights come on, and it just clicks. It's see ball, get ball. And this guy, I'm not gonna say he's popping off the tape like Parsons, but you can see that speed from Jabril Cox as well. I mean, he's chasing guys down. He's sideline to sideline. His coverage is his coverage is good. His coverage is good. So I think this is gonna be an interesting prospect going forward to see how he can help this defense out overall because he's just another piece that you can plug in and play. And he's another guy. See ball, get ball. He's explosive. I like what he's bringing so far to this Dallas
1: Cowboys defense. So, Church, late last night I was booking some hotels for the, the road trips I'm going on this year. So, Did you um, use Hotels.com? Of course, I handle my business, baby. Yeah, I my there business it is. Here. All right, of course. There it is. They get you the best deals. So, of uh, these trips I'm going to, tell me which one I should be looking forward to in terms of the atmosphere of the city and the in the stadium the most, so we're going uh, obviously to Tampa to start the season. Then I'm going to go okay. to the Charger game mm-hmm. at SoFi Stadium. I've never been there in Inglewood. That's where the Super Bowl is going to be held this year. Last year Super Bowl was held in Tampa. Then I will go to New England. I'm going to get that uh, Vikings game in in Minnesota, which is basically a mini Jerry World. I've been there before. And oh then yeah, I that's will nice. I will go to Gillette Stadium for the Patriots game. Those five spots. Well, the two,
2: the two that I'm saying you got to do, and you gotta, you know, you gotta, you gotta be there. And I think that's what, the two that you need to get most excited about is that SoFi Stadium. I'm in LA. One, I mean, that stadium looks amazing. So you got to compare it to how Jerry World is and you get to see all this new technology with that stadium and all that good stuff. Plus, you're in L.A. I mean, you've lived there for a while. L.A. Is, I think is one of the best cities in the country. Then you got to do that New England. You got to get excited about New England. I mean, it's a historical site. You know, it's kind of like Lambo, where you got to go through these neighborhoods and then you just look, bam. Oh, snap. There's a stadium right there. And, and it's just so much history no, with that stadium, and plus the food. Come on now, Louie. The food there in New England—I mean, it, it, it's second to none. When you talk about the chowders, the oysters out there—I mean, the seafood is ah it's, to, ah, it's to die for out there. So, for me, those are your two to get excited about. The other ones, eh, all right, here and there—you know, you got a couple good ones. But those two, to me, I'm like, hey, book me up right now. I'll be there first thing in the morning. So, those are the two. Those are the two I think you should get excited about.
1: You're very right. This will be my third trip to uh, Gillette Stadium, and the food is great. There's a spot in Providence, Rhode Island called Iggy's, and Mm. I love love a good chowder. They make a great chowder, and I love clam strips. Clam strips are one of my all-time favorites. I never had these clam cakes. Church, man, these clam cakes are unreal, so it's like a little... Like a hush puppy, like a ball dough, and they put the clams in there, and they fry it. So you get the Ooh. clam bait, so you get that clam, and then you dip it in the chowder. Man, it's unreal. can it. It's unreal. So that, that, you know, I love going to eat there on that trip. And I'll tell you, man, L.A. is a great food town. And obviously, the, the Roscoe's by LAX, um, they know me. Cause I'm there all the time. Man. I get off the plane. We hit <laughs> up, Ros- we, hit up the Ros- we hit up Roscoe's, and we get off the plane. I hit that Randy's Donuts. You ever see that big old sign that they had? Like, oh yeah, donut? oh yeah. Okay, so I go, I go, <laughs> to Randy's Donuts, and I hit up Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles. Quite- man. Those, those are my spots. In fact, I remember <laughs> after that Rams, that Rams um, Cowboy game, a couple years playoff game, a couple years ago, we end up at the LAX. Uh, Roscoe's and we see Antoine Woods folks. They out there over there eating too. So yeah, man, Roscoe's boy. Woo-hoo!
2: Roscoe's is definitely on point. It's, I mean, and there's some places where you get the whole, you know, there's so much hype behind it, and, and then you go eat there, and it's like, ah, the hype wasn't really worth it. Roscoe's chicken and waffles, especially the one down there which you're talking about, it's worth the hype, man. It's worth the hype. Their their waffles are so good, you don't even need syrup. You don't even need syrup to put on them things. They're so good, so buttery, man. You got me, my mouth watering over here just thinking about it. Are you gonna bring something back for your boy or what? Or, or, or do something. You gotta have something for your boy out here.
1: It's funny. I was at uh, Shaq's house, and Shaq's chef was telling us how they loved, you know. That, that was one of Shaq's things. Was Roscoe. So they made him go down to Roscoe's. Like, hey, we want you, <laughs> Shaq. Hey, you go to Roscoe's and uh, try, try <laughs> waffles, you make them waffles. No, he didn't make a Roscoe. So he goes down there, and he takes a bite. He throws it down. Man, it's just some—it's sh- just cinnamon and sugar in here, man. That's it. And so he-, he knew how to make the Roscoe's waffles. But still, I don't make Roscoe's waffles at home, but it's pretty good. And it's a lot better than that spot near you in your town. I'm not going to name the place. They're Roscoe's invitation, and it's not Roscoe's. OK? I went there and tried. One of my boys was trying to tell me on this spot. I'm like, um... Yeah, man. It's that. It ain't I mean, even y- they close try to, to Roscoe's. the same plates, everything, man. It's, you know, it closed. By the way, it closed. It closed by you. It did. That one, that one spot. I, yeah. It, yeah, I didn't know it closed. It's, it's, but it's down the road. It's down the road by that Etsy. So it's over there in that little. Down okay. Down the, down the road from you. So it's over there. But yeah, it relocated. But yeah, it didn't make it, man. It was just.
2: Yeah. It wasn't it, it, that's it, another man. one of them spots to where. That was one of them spots to where the hype didn't match the food. Oh. And when I got there, I oh. was just like, ah, what in the ah. I was highly disappointed. Highly disappointed. And they charging, man. They no They're
1: charging high prices, too, man. You can't charge me no man, high price whole, and you imitating.
2: That whole city charges high prices, man. I, oh. I'll tell you what, I man. couldn't it's believe it's when they charged
1: for the Kool-Aid. They charged big mm. money for the Kool-Aid. Like, really? It's Kool-Aid. How you gonna upcharge me on no Kool-Aid? Though, Aid? It's Kool-Aid, out that's I mean, literally, that's on the menu. It's Kool-Aid on the
2: menu. <laughs> that's how they do it out there in the, in the city, man. I'm like, man, I'll tell you what. They, they wish they would have told me that before I came out there, but,
1: hey, I'm happy. Hey, won't get me again. Won't get me again. Won't get me again. Tampa Bay has got a final preseason game. They're going to head out to Houston to take all the Texans, and Bruce Arians came out and said that he's going to play some stars. So I don't know if that means Brady's going to be one of those who plays, but he says Hell they're going to play nah. some starters here. So I'll be very interested to see how that goes with Tampa Bay. And, look, you can play, yeah. him, you, can play him five, you can play him a series. You can play him two. I mean, you can, you can play them. That doesn't mean how long they're going to play, but I'll be interested to see if he actually follows through with what he's saying.
2: No, I, I ain't going to lie to you. If I was a vet on that roster and he's talking about playing starters, I'd be highly upset. Like this is the last preseason game. We all know this is a tradition for where the younger guys, the guys that are on the edge or on the cusp of making the roster, this is their game. This is their game to go and prove that they need to be on this 53-man roster or at least, you know, update their resume for the other thirty-one teams out there. So they need to get all the playing time. To me, oh man, if I, one series is, was one series too much, if I'm a vet starter on that roster, I mean, I would be sick. Especially all that these weeks at camp. You think this last preseason week is usually where the veteran guys are out there playing scout team, you know, messing around, playing, playing, playing games the whole time at practice. And then when you get into the meetings, you're in the back letting all the young guys focus on what they got to do, so I would be sick if I was in that situation, but he's a, he's a Super Bowl winning, a two-time Super Bowl winning coach, so he knows a lot more than me, but I'd be sick if I was one of them starters, though.
1: Well, it's just one. He's just won one, one as, a, as a head coach. Aaron just has one. Oh, yeah, one. yeah, okay,
2: yeah. He was a coordinator on the other. you ran, right.
1: But, but, but if there's a guy, you say, I'll, I'll trust him. And, and none of the starters played in the last preseason game. That was the interesting thing for me, because I was going back. I was just looking, OK, um, you know, saw they got blasted. And said, did Tom Brady? Nope, said Tom Brady didn't play. So, so he's got a plan. You know, If you have mm-hmm. a strategy and it works, fine. And and we'll see. Mike McCarthy's got his strategy, which is hey, we're not playing anybody against Jacksonville. We we got guys where we needed to be. Uh, no preseason for Tank Lawrence. No preseason action for Dak Prescott. No preseason for Zeke. Um, so Thursday night, September nine, out there yeah. in, in Tampa yeah. against the the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers, we'll see really, exactly what it is they get. Really, they do. Really, quick,
2: N- really quick. Really quick. Really quick. No, let me ask you a question because it's just seeming to rack in my mind right now. It's just. Okay, you know McCarthy was just supposed to be the offensive genius coming from Green Bay. That's why we brought him down here. I, I, don't genius. Genius. I don't know about genius. I
1: don't know. I don't
2: know. Okay, we'll just say he's an offensive-minded head coach.
1: Right there, there we go. That's <laughs> a little bit more fair. Yeah. yeah. Why, he had two Hall why? of Fame quarterbacks.
2: Yes. Yes. We'll just say offensive-minded. But why? Why is he not calling plays still? I, I I just I just think it's I don't understand that one. I mean. Is it that much trust in Kellen Moore, or is it just? I, I don't get it. You know, you tell me. I, I just, I'm not understanding what the the whole. Why is he not calling plays? I thought that's the reason we hey, brought him man, down
1: here. I, I I thoroughly thought Kellen Moore was going to take that Boise State job. And if you notice, Mike McCarthy had nothing but great things, and I mean, he's ready to be a head coach. So I thought this—I thought this was Mike McCarthy's excellent chance to just elbow, uh, elbow, <laughs> <Kellen> Moore <laughs> out the way and take over the play. What's that one GIF? Uh, the, the one GIF you see where the girl is right there, and then you see the brother coming in there and elbow out the way. And he started doing those <laughs> like TikTok, or whatever. That's, <laughs> what, that's, like, that's why thats like—that's Mike McCarthy. But trying to elbow Kellen Moore, right, just bump him right on out the way and pull out that play sheet. Because I mean, McCarthy had that big old stupid play sheet, and I'm like. You, you got that play shit, You know you want to call some plays. And he's spoken about exactly. it and talked about it. But, but when Jerry comes in and writes the check, hey, please don't go. Jerry's done it before. He wrote the check to keep Sean Payton from, the, from becoming the head coach with the Raiders. Wrote the check to keep um, Mike Zimmer from becoming a head coach at at Nebraska. So here he is one more time writing a fat check. So Kellen Moore doesn't take the Boise State job. I thought Kellen would – I mean, to me, that's the job you take because if it's one thing we've seen, dudes who take that job, one, they're all successful, nobody fails, they don't fire any of them, and they all get bigger Mm -hmm. jobs. All of them move on to another bigger job that pays a lot more money. So I thought Kellen Moore would take it. But somehow the Joneses paid him enough money and convinced him that he could become a head coach – Uh, being the offensive coordinator of the Dallas Cowboys. So, we'll see.
2: Mm. All right. You know, hey, I just just had to throw it out there because that was racking my brain earlier. And I was like, huh,
1: why has he not yet began the call calls? But you're right. Once Jay writes that check, it's a done data. You know it anyway. This is this, what this McCarthy waiting on, man. He's just waiting on a COVID game. So, somehow, it's like Dan Quinn had to leave the stadium over the weekend. He's going to wait for Kellen Moore. Hey. Oh, see give him that play sheet. He's going to take that big old play sheet. He's going to be calling plays like <laughs> crazy, man. Hey, speaking of Dan, speaking of dad Quinn,
2: I bet he don't miss no more games. You saw how Joe Witt had them boys flying around. It. Hey, them boys had uh, Houston 0-10 on third down. He was calling some aggressive plays on third down, and they looked like they was
1: flying around.
2: I bet they Quinn don't miss no more games. I'll tell you that much.
1: Well, he was in the running, and this was the craziest deal. Witt was in the running for the job last year that, that yeah. Mike Nolan got, which was an absolute terrible move by Mike McCarthy. So, yeah, it's interesting, man. How these coaches make some of these decisions. So when you use the word genius, I don't think you should use genius with Mike McCarthy. Let's just say, yeah, let's offensive just minded.
2: offensive-minded. Yeah, there we go.
1: He's an <laughs> offensive-minded former Super Bowl-winning coach. So he's won a Super Bowl, but <laughs> I don't think we want to throw. When you say genius, I think Bill Walsh. I don't think of Mike yeah, McCarthy okay. and Bill Walsh in the same sentence. When I think of uh, of NFL hate coaches, I don't, I don't, I don't see it like that. But all right, that's the players' lounge. Yeah. I want to thank Chris Beam, our outstanding producer, takes care of yes. all the Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys.com uh, podcast. Chris is a hard worker, man. We really appreciate him setting it straight, making everything good there. Church, enjoy the rest of your day. Everybody check this out right here on DallasCowboys.com. We appreciate you. I'm Newry Scruggs, and we'll chat down the road. Bye.
0: This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club.
1: How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!